podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by sidekick Josh. Not psychic Josh, as half the, pretty much all the listeners have been believing for the last, how long have you been doing this podcast, Josh? Three and a bit years. Three and a bit years. You're not, as far as I'm aware, psychic. Although, although it is Halloween today. I thought you were going to say, although you predicted a correct score last oh, week. Oh yeah, you did, got well the, um, yeah. got the Southampton score in the cup, right? Triumph. Well done. Didn't so you are semi-psychic. Mm, yeah, half the time. But the re- I've always called you sidekick Josh in yeah. a wry comical reference to yeah. Psychic Simon, who's an Alan Partridge character. And I, so, so it's a kind of way of alluding to the fact that I am a kind of Alan Partridge-esque presenter, you know, in some ways. And, and that's why I called you Sidekick Josh. But I'm honoured. Yeah, thanks. But Psychic, yeah. Literally half the listeners have tweeted me to tell me that they thought you were Psychic. Well, it's kind of them to message. Yeah. So you're here. Uh, we're also joined by the great Charlie Eccleshare, who is, second week in a row, a proper football journalist. Hello. Hi, Charlie. Hi. First time on the podcast, though. Indeed. Welcome. We should clap. Welcome. Clap, Newbie, you write for Her Majesty's Daily Telegraph. I do. And you wrote the official match report, which I read, um, for the Arsenal game on Saturday, didn't you? I did, yeah. It was, it was very good. I thought, very interesting. And then you had some topics you discussed, like, um, off the top of my head. Was there one about how... Um, it was about Giroud and... Yeah, you know, it was the, kind of about... Um, having that plan B which we having didn't have against B. Middlesbrough yes um, but you are also an Arsenal fan is that you're allowed to say that I uh, I will confess yes yeah. I am Arsenal I mean obviously you're going to get loads of shit from Spurs and Chelsea fans on Twitter and I do anyway but, so that's fine right all football journalists do I might <laughs> imagine, I'll ask you about that later and we're joined by the legendary Alex Finn I always say the legendary Alex Finn because Alex <laughs> true. you are Alex has written many many books about Arsenal how many books have you written about Arsenal a couple have been with Spurs. In, oh, yeah, and there was the Arsenal the, Spurs one. Yeah. But uh, just Arsenal books, three. Three. And the current one is called Arsenal, with, a, with an accent on the E. Yeah. The Making of a Modern Super Club, which you wrote with Kevin Witcher. And it's on its fourth reprint, is that Eighth. One? Eighth reprint. Oh, my God. Wow. And there's, it's, there's a new version yes. out now, just come out, with four new chapters. Yes, the choice was reprinting an old version, which ended in 2011 or bringing it up to date. So there's four new chapters and a postscript, which takes it right up to the end of the transfer window in September. Wow. That's, last month. That's good work. Hard work. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, very hard work. And if you, people can buy it, so this is out now in paperback. Full they, price is eight ninety nine. But if you go to www.visionsp.co.uk, which is the publisher's website, yeah. and you put in a special code AW for Arsene Wenger, yeah. you can get it for £6. Pounds. Instead of eight ninety nine. Instead of eight ninety nine, A whole... Yeah. Two ninety nine, if I've done my maths correctly. And we should say, you, I hope you're going to kindly sign one, which we're going to give away in the competition. I promise you it'll be worth less. If I can. <laughs> oh, no, no, not true. Not true. We'll yeah, be delighted we'll and we'll, we'll take a photo of it and put it on the Twitter. And we yeah. should say, obviously, we sent Connor and his friend Joe, who went up to Sunderland oh, yeah. as a competition yes. winner for last week. What a nice win they had, which we'll come on to. A triumphant win, yeah. Hmm. We'll come on to that. There's lots to discuss. Um, yeah, there's the, there's the triumph um, in the end. There's the Giroud factor. There's um, there's this North London derby coming. We'll be actually being filmed by French television today. This is great. Fabian's here. Watch Fabian us. is here, and he wants us to move on, but we're mentioning it anyway. Um, and I'm going to be interviewed afterwards about my thoughts about the North London derby. You ever been on French TV before, boy? Um, do you know what I might have been actually? I don't know why I say that, but in my distant memory, I think I was interviewed by French TV for some news story. I, don't, I can't remember what it was. Something more. Est-ce que possible? Some should parle en français. Oh, here we go. 
Major Paul avec un accent impeccable en anglais. Extraordinary. Charlie, how's your French? You know what? I can't speak a word of French, Alex. What is that? What what, what did you say? I said I speak with an impeccable English accent, according to Arsene Wenger. Ah, fantastic. See, See, Alex actually knows and has hung out with and interviewed and talked to Arsene Wenger. It's true. That's true. Um, so we'll talk about Alex and what's in the new and the new updates in his book as well. We'll talk about that. Yes. Um, and also, I wanted to mention now Hillary Clinton is a gooner. Did you see that today? No. Yes, Hillary Clinton went to um, a Arsenal bar in Miami during the middle of her campaign over the weekend when they just they showed the match or were about to show the match and everyone started chanting. They were literally, you, there's a picture of it in the mirror. Uh, maybe it's a picture in Telegraph, so I don't know. But I saw it on the Mirror Football um, tweet, tweet, tweet. There's a picture of her in the middle of loads, dozens of Arsenal fans with Arsenal banners up and they started chanting Hillary Zaguna. How good is that? That's incredible. Yeah. Is that going to sway it, do you think? I think it could do. Mm. And it needs to be swayed because right now she's getting loads of shit about this whole, you know, email thing and everything. And I, uh, yeah, so she needs all the help she can get. So all Arsenal fans in America, I think, any listening now should vote we for We do her. get listeners in America. We do. Every, every week. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes, because this podcast usually goes up at like 10, 11 p.m. Mm. on the evening, sometimes this is the first feedback we get is from the American yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. who are sort of... Yeah, yeah, five, eight hours behind. So, American listeners, I say you should vote for Hillary. Obviously, I think all Arsenal fans would vote for Hillary because they're not idiots and they're not going to vote for Donald Trump, who I imagine, I'm guessing, is a Chelsea fan. I feel like, you know, the Russian thing, you know, he loves a big dodgy oligarch, doesn't he? I, I imagine he, you think he's Chelsea fan. Do you think you're Alex? Do you think? I agree. Unfortunately, the sound isn't picking up my smile. Uh, yeah, you your smile. witty remark. Thank you. Thank steady. Thank we, you very much. Not a good time to point out Chelsea have got a slightly better record against Arsenal than, than the other way around of late. We'll hope oh, it doesn't God. transfer into yeah, your don't analogy. Say that. Don't say that. So, so September maybe was an omen. Fine, fine. True. Right. Yeah, 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 we've turned that round. Yes, so. we have turned that round. Thank you for reminding me, Charlie. Um, so it's, it's Halloween, but... Um, Let's talk about your so your um, match report was very interesting and the whole and a lot of people say oh, my my first thing I want to talk about is a lot of people are saying you know Giroud came on and scored those goals and some people are saying he changed the match I surely not I mean surely it was a case of we should have got a penalty for a start Sanchez that was a clear penalty wasn't it when he was pulled back if he'd have scored that penalty then we wouldn't have been then we would have been fine and we wouldn't have had to rely on Giroud coming on and surely Giroud coming on and scoring a couple of goals great can't re, can't wipe out years and years of mediocrity partly down to him being up front and us having to work with him rather than a fluid fast pacey attack yeah, discuss. I, I, th- I think Giroud. I've I've always thought it, it. It's almost. It's not his fault in a way. He's always been our main striker. I think he no. would be perfect as a kind of wilted Carnu cult hero coming on as a sub and scoring goals like he did on Sunday. He, he's in the four years he's been our main striker. He's never really been good enough. Um, but you know, Sunday Saturday rather was provided that cameo. He came on. He changed things up. Um, who knows? We we may have won without him anyway. I mean, we were well on top but it definitely gave us a fresh impetus and just gave the, their defenders something different to think about I think that was the problem yeah. with the Middlesbrough game they just had the same thing to think about all game and you know mm. Lucas Perez coming on didn't really change what they had to deal with stylistically no. which highlights Wenger's bad mistake in not buying Sanchez because when Sanchez stayed he got something like 31 goals along with Sturridge's, uh, sorry, Sturridge's 23. So Giroud's 16 in 36 that season would have been maintained. Suarez would have hit 30-odd. Arsenal would have won the title. And why wasn't he bought? Because Wenger was very obstinate on this particular deal. Mm. The only thing there, we might not have got Ozil had we signed uh, Suarez that summer. 
So what, we would have won the league with Suarez, though, wouldn't we? Even if we hadn't have got. Who so. knows? <laughs> I like the fact that you brought up the Suarez thing because that's still ra- a controversy raises about that that thing. Well, but well, like, I, but some people say like agree with you, but others say that you know it was it's a complete myth that 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 we that us bidding that pound over the 14, release yeah. clause that yeah was was a red herring and that you know they were never going to sell to anyone because didn't their chief exec he went he said you know we would never have sold him anyway right. no matter what and he said what, what are they smoking over there right the what are they smoking over there that's but right. opinion is that if arsenal had offered 50 million they'd have got him really and wenger was was told by people who should have forced the issue mm. if you really want him Spend fifty million, and Wenger refused to go more than forty and a pound. Wow! Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's probably happened quite a lot over the years, isn't it? That he hasn't quite bid enough money to get the really, really big players. Well, Iguain is another one. Who, Iguain, yeah, exactly. That was earlier in the same season. Yeah. In more positive news, we went <laughs> top of the table on Saturday. Yeah, we did. Didn't we, boys, briefly, yes. before Man City scored yes. a hat full at West Brom. Yeah. And, I mean, Giroud last year, obviously, you've gone on and on about how Theo Walcott was so brilliant at the start of last season when he was up front and he yep. played so well at Leicester in that, yep. that big victory. Always played best football season. without Giroud. But when always. Giroud came back in the set, he scored goals and, and maybe some, you know, a break, he's got a point to prove because he's... Not, he's definitely not been forgotten about being out injured, but he's come back in the team. And to score two goals with your first two touches is exceptional. Oh. And it felt like the team... That surely gives the team a lift to know that he's the option coming off the bench because the last couple of weeks there hasn't been that, as, as Charlie I, was saying. I think that's fine. I, th- I think he'd be great super sub. I think we need him as our... I, well, I worry. My main worry is that that cameo, which helped us win the game, blah, 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 I, I, do, I, don't th- I think we would have won the game anyway. I worry that Wenger's going to completely forget you know, the last few years where we've been playing pretty mediocre football, very predictable, lumbering football. And I'm not, it's, not, it's not completely his fault, but when you do have him on his own up front, you do play in a certain way to his strengths. Whereas now, in this season, without him, we've been fluid, we've played our best football for years. And you can't just forget that in one game because we weren't scoring and then he came on and scored two goals. And I do, I really, really worry that we're going to suddenly revert to that and it's not good enough. I don't think our team is good enough with him as our lone striker up front. I'll be interested to hear Charlie's view, but I, I don't think we're going to suddenly revert to this uh, Giroud being the first of I, I think not. Suarez has... Not Suarez. Um, <laughs> Sanchez. Sanchez has Sanchez, so Suarez. It's easy to... Easy. <laughs> Initially, then you corrected yourself, to be fair. Oh, I was about to correct you, and then you corrected yourself, Alex. Oh, right. <laughs> Sanchez has done enough in the first 10 <laughs> yeah. weeks of the season yeah. to, to undoubtedly show that, no, that has been a, a strong very good option for Arsenal to have this season but I think in Giroud we will possibly see him I mean he could start tomorrow night in Bulgaria oh, yeah, that's fine. and there'll be various games but I think for our, our default tough games that are to come this season it will be Alexis Sanchez playing playing up front with Giroud the option should we need Ian Wright go on sorry well I think there are two things one is that you need to have it's not in either or and that's the problem we've had is that we basically have played one way I think it's Mm. great that we can play one way we can play another I think the key as well is that if Giroud is to start starting games regular it's because he's earned it by scoring goals what I think Arsenal fans fear is that as so often has happened in the last few years, players seem to get their place by default because we run out of players through injury or unavailability or whatever it is. And, and whereas this season, you know, you've had someone like Iwobi, yeah, injuries gave him the chance, but then he nailed it and held on to his place. I think Kieran Gibbs might do the same, you know, take yeah, a chance right, on Monday yeah. out. And yeah. I think... Yeah, that's a good point because last season, like, when Giroud was not scoring for like 10, 11 games, he was still playing Because we had nothing Week else. after week after week, yeah. I mean, he could. Yeah, I mean, it, that that was frustrating. Do you think Ian Wright said? I don't know if you saw on on the on the coverage on the Sky coverage. He said he thinks that Giroud and Sanchez could be a two up front together. So do I. Yeah, I think in the Premier League today you need two up front, um, unless you have an exceptional player. 
like um, maybe there there aren't that that sort of player in the Premier League. And I really think going back to what I said earlier, if uh, if you'd have had two up front, Giroud's goal tally wouldn't have been impaired, but mm. somebody else would have brought another twenty, and Arsenal would have won the title. Because he has, has does rigidly stick to this 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 kind of form this uh, formation, doesn't he? Fairly. I mean, some, some some I wrote an article this season that said that you could describe our, our formation as a bit four four two, as a quasi four four two, with like Theo and like revolving player in support of Sanchez, but an actual kind of proper four four two, so to speak, with two up front in that way. He hasn't done for years and years and years, and seems completely against it. For some yeah, there aren't many teams that play it some do and but i think as well we have benefited from that greater fluidity because what you've seen is Urza, walcott and sanchez all running beyond right. the last defender right. i mean often sanchez drops and it's walcott who's actually playing more or less as the number nine um again it, it may be that he uses it for certain games or that you see us going to 4 4 when we're chasing a game how would you describe barcelona's formation <laughs> uh <laughs> we a 4-3-3 three, three. sure and we could have had one of those three yeah, he probably would have left by now. But yeah, we would, we would have exactly. had him for a bit. <laughs> exactly. Enough of that now. Enough of that. In fact, yeah. before we go on, we're going to go to a quick ad break. And we're back. Um, is, I mean, and that, the game, on, apart from anything, we did, we did go top. We played well. What are you going to say, Josh? Well, I was only going to say... Open-mouthed with, about to interrupt. Because I've always found it so funny, Wenger talks about mental strength. Even when there has definitely yeah. been games where we seem to have not shown mental strength. He, he talks about it so much. I'd be interested to hear what Alex thinks about that. Because actually, Saturday was an example where we've been so in control of the game, out of nowhere, it's, it's 1-1 and it it sort of brings back these memories of games we've thrown away and not killed off. But then we were absolutely brilliant for 25 minutes and it did show that mental strength, maybe. I'm not sure it shows mental strength. I think it it epitomises what he believes in, that if you pick the right players and you give them confidence, they'll, they'll do you proud. And that's what's happened. Arsenal have played very well because the players have had confidence and there's been no real threat to their position other than them believing that they've got to live up to the performances that Wenger thinks they're capable of. In terms of mental strength, Arsenal have always lacked it since, well, since uh, in terms of the best mental strength was obviously Vieira, and then previously the defence he inherited. But he's gone away from that, and he's gone away from that for wrong reasons, I think. But do you, do you not think people seem to be agreeing? I, I don't know what you think, Charlie, about this year's team being a bit more sturdy. There is a bit more about them. We don't look vulnerable, and that we're going to roll over. Yeah, I, I think, think. Sorry, I think the key thing about this year's team is for the first time in years, yeah. every position is covered mm. twice. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And that's the important thing. And maybe that gives you the confidence and the the, the way that they're playing with such fluidity. But mental strength, it's not there. Talking about covering, I noticed the other day after the cup game against Southampton, we'd played three different goalies in three successive games, yeah. which yeah, I thought was incredible. And I looked at, I thought that's exciting. Mm. I wonder when the last time that happened, and then realised it was a month before when <laughs> Arsenal did that oh. in Nottingham Forest. And the Still Champions impressive League game though. The league game. Yeah. To the mental strength, maybe players like Xhaka and El Nenny, maybe those kind of stronger, yeah, tougher I, players. They're kind of stronger and tougher, aren't they? In, in terms of, I think Xhaka has real bite about him. He, he reminds me of Manu Petit. He's got a bit mm, of nastiness yeah. to him, sometimes too much. I think Costafi's a big one. By all yes. accounts, he's come into that dressing room. He's very direct. He tells it like it is. Um, 
Yeah, he was funny talking about Meza Ozil uh, recently. Wenger said that Ozil scores when he wants in training and Kostafi, very matter-of-factly, said, no, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> and so he looks like a big one there, mm. as does Xhaka. Coquelin as well, you know, for the first time, we, we do have the option of playing with two quite tough uh, yeah. central midfielders. Um, it, it also makes you think, doesn't it? You know, Wilshire is out on loan, but he... We're not really thinking that we're any lack of depth. Even Ramsey coming back is like. You know, I mean, midfield is. We've had yeah. so we've got an embarrassment, yeah. really. Yeah, there. midfield is players that we can. He has bring piled in. up the midfield, doesn't he? Possibly, some would say the expense of up front, for example, where, you know. Possibly. I still think, I still feel we're slightly. You know, because if Sanchez gets injured, you know, I think, you know, it could all go horribly wrong. And we, did, we missed Theo, surely. On Saturday, we, oh, I'm banging much. the table. Oh, we on did. My theory point. He, he's absolutely key to that formation. You saw against PSG uh, without Theo away, and Alexis played as the nine. And because he dropped so deep with no one to run in behind, right. it was so easy for them to defend. Yeah. And that was actually my big fear on Saturday that the same thing would happen. As it turned out, Sundon was so inept that it didn't matter so much. Yeah. Um, we've also got Danny Welbeck to come back, who's kind of a yeah. forgotten man. But he's, I think, he's a great option to have um, as an alternative, or possibly even a starter, as he did towards the end of last season yeah completely yeah he was in good form Danny Welbeck before he, before he got do you think Alex as we we're going to we'll talk about you but do you think as you said the squad is stronger than yeah. it's been for a long long time it's, you know in, in, in living memory we've got we've got I've got a kind of handful of massive stars that are kind of st- you know like the Urzils yeah. and the Alexises are playing really well most of the time do you think like now we actually are in a position to compete as we should be with the, re- the other elite clubs with our, with our rivals up to a point, I just worry that that when it gets to the level that, that you're suggesting we should compete at, mm. that Arsenal lack the leadership qualities, they lack the mental strength, they've got the ability, but will the players always perform to that? And I don't think Wenger is the man in this way that the Premier League has changed with the managers who've come in. I think he's still you know, one, one step forward two behind and they're making three steps forward but when you see look at the other managers like Pep Pep Guardiola um, I mean Jose has been a complete well, as, as we speak he's being is a complete disaster and seems to be like blowing up in the same way they took him like two or three years to do it at previous clubs yeah. with Man United and you know we, we, you know people, you might have assumed oh he was he's right now a much better manager on paper than Arsene Wenger and he's you know he's achieved championships in recent yeah. years but maybe maybe this current season is proving that not to be the case well it's the biggest surprise to me is what's happened to Manchester United and the way that he's performed Yet, um, I think there are managers who have come to terms with what's required in the Premier League, and I don't think Arsenal has yet, if we're talking about winning titles and winning championship leagues. What is the thing that he hasn't come to terms with? In what sense? Well, real politic. Um, I think he's got a a lead, um, and I don't think he is. I I think his great strength is... of course, he beats himself up, and I can tell you a story, um, or I will if given time later, mm. about how defeat hurts him personally, mm. and how if you go out to dinner with him, I'm telling it now, and if you go out to <laughs> go dinner, and you go out to dinner with him, it turns into a, a monologue, not a dialogue, because he is so consumed by the defeat. So what does he do? Tomorrow is another day to chat with David, David Dean, or Borrow Primarac, but nobody challenges him. And he himself admits that I don't have a monopoly on the truth. But these other great managers, we're talking about Guardiola and Conte and 
um, Klopp, Mourinho and Klopp. Yeah. All of these people have people who, they surround themselves with people of quality who will challenge them. And that's Wenger's greatest fault, I think. I'd be interested, Alex, your view, because some people have suggested if Arsenal were to win the title this season, then that'd be a wonderful yeah. moment for Wenger to step down. But then the other argument has been, actually, it might inspire him that he's still got it, that he can still take a team to the top and therefore he should stay. Just from knowing him in the way you do and having written such about him, which, which do you think is the more likely? Well, I'll tell you his day. His day is... Um, it's, he's on a, a big gated residence now. He moved 200 yards down the road from the family home in Totteridge to a gated residence beloved of his players. But there's been marital problems, so he's rambling around in this house on his own and the way he spends his time he gets up in the morning 6 30 goes to the gym he goes for a workout and then he puts on the most important piece of equipment his stopwatch and he rushes over to the training ground and that's his day that's his life his life is being with the players training them encouraging them improving them so you, you can't think if 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 um, if he left in any way, if he if of his own accord or whatever, I mean that's the only way it's going to happen, isn't it? Let's face it. It yeah. would be empty. His life would be empty. But his, yes, indeed. I mean, it, the, there would be no compensation um, because he wouldn't have the control he has at Arsenal at any other club in the world, and a national team manager wouldn't suit him because you only have to perk yourself up half a dozen times in a season. So. You know, he yeah. would be bereft mm. if he wasn't managing Arsenal. Charlie, do you recognise that 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 kind of a version of Wenger? Do you because you must see him in press conferences and yeah, by all accounts, that is he's totally consumed by it, and you know he spends his life as as Alex says, um, you know, training and living for it and watching game, you know, watching match after match on his huge satellite from all over the world. Um, but I, but I think to some extent that's true of all football managers now. You, you hear about the young guys like Pochettino and Eddie Howe and they're getting up super early and working around the clock. Pep Guardiola is completely obsessive as well. Um, I think that's the nature of it. And maybe it will... Yeah, as you say, the problem is, are the club ever going to stay? And do you think it's true that he doesn't have people around him that are, that are kind of criticising him or just pointing out things, you know, questioning him, whereas those other kind of super managers maybe do. Like, that point might be key, right? Definitely. I, by all accounts, he he's, you know, fairly autocratic at Arsenal. He, he does what he wants. He's, he's been there for so long. He's so trusted. There's no one really telling him no. Um, and I think that's been the case for, for, the, for a while now. I once asked Peter Hill Wood, have you ever known David Dean to disagree with Arsenal? And he shot back, never. So David, David is, Dean is considered the one who, in the glory days, was was not challenging, but at least kind of saying, "Why don't we buy this player?" For example, or mm. no, David didn't challenge him, but David was an asset that they greatly, greatly miss. Um, between the two of them, they bought nine out of the eleven invincibles. You know, the only two that came yeah. through were um, the people who came through from the youth side. Uh, so he is greatly missed. He did what Arson described. David does my dirty work for me because David loved the negotiation and he prided himself on a, as being a very strong salesman. And between the two of them, you know, they, they built mm. great teams. Mm. So he is missed. And this is what perplexes me, um, that I've said to David, you know, Arson is the master of all he surveys. Why hasn't he asked you to come back? 
because we know he needs your help in the transfer market. Dick Law is a very good conduit, but three heads in this case would certainly be better than two. And Arsene doesn't have the time that he used to have. Why has he never asked you to come back? And David said, well, it's never come up, the subject. But do you think it's maybe because, like, the Stan Kroenke, Ivan Gazidis era, or that, you know, that kind of those people in power wouldn't want him back because they're doing... But it doesn't matter. If Arsene wants him back, he'd come back. That's what I believe. And I I find it absolutely... Well, if David had been back, Mm. we would have had situations like, don't worry about, you know, the the 50 million. I'll go to the board about that. Mm. Don't worry about Alonso, uh, you know, about killing Danielson, which is... (laughs) Classic. A classic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd deal with the board. Right. And I really believe David, if he'd come back, he would have changed. He would mm. have been emboldened. He would have challenged Arsene more, which he didn't in the past. He didn't need to in the past because mm. the two of them worked as a magic duo. In your book, uh, so in, in the new stuff in your book, have you talked about, I mean, obviously we've just been through the whole 20-year kind of celebration, commemoration. There were some interesting interviews with him and there was the AGM tribute to him and everything. Do you do you touch upon that and that you know how, how it's changed now from the glory I call it the glory days when he was when we were in championships basically to now and why and how that all changed? No. Oh okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> no but but what we do do is yes. to try and what do you do? <laughs> try and take you inside the way that Arson works. Right. and the way that he lives. For example, um, David is, is a great fan of the theatre. He can't drag Arson to the theatre. He says the best car to buy, is a, if you can afford it, is Arson's second-hand Merc or Lexus, because it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so are those two still good friends then? They, they socialise? They talk twice a week. They twice see week. each other probably once a week. You can imagine what they talk about. You know, they, don't, they may well talk about the American election because Arsene's interested in politics. Yeah. But first and foremost, they'll spend two hours on the team. But if David was in there, I just really think that he would challenge him more these days. Mm. And that's what Arsene needs above all. Mm. So, so I've been told... Oh, here we go. ...that uh, there's a two-year deal on the table ready for him to sign right. and it's not impossible where results to go very well over the next couple of weeks that it could be signed so I think I think we might have some news sooner than we think oh, yeah. I don't think this is going to drag and he's not he the said- sort of man that is going to let it go towards the end of the season because I think can you imagine the pressure on those players if he got to April and mm. he said I'm l- leaving and there were three games to go of the campaign and those players had to deal with the pressure going this is his last three games at Arsenal Football Club I don't think that's the way to do it so either I think we'll know pretty soon whether he is going to stay or that I think more likely that he's signing a two-year extension. That's what I've been told. But we did have that situation in 2014 where it felt like that. Yeah, that oh, whole yeah. FA Cup final felt almost like a Wenger playoff. Mm. And, yes. and that but probably, it feels on different and terms. And if we'd have lost, he, he probably would have... Well, he said, he said that, hasn't he? He said, in fact, in one of the press conferences, that if we had lost, he would definitely have thought Well, David it. thinks if he'd have lost, right. he'd have gone. Right. But that would feel like a very different circumstance because that would have been almost leaving in, in a degree of failure. What he decides to do now... Because yeah, we've won those FA Cups, because success. we've kept in the top four every year. <laughs> right. Of course, success is viewed. So, well, you're we saying, right? Wait a minute. Let me just get this clear. You're telling me that in the, some point soon in this season, where we're currently near the top, you know, joint top on, on you know, in, in terms of, but you know, it could all go horribly wrong as it does, it has done every year, every recent times at some point, and we go through a bad patch and we end up not being able to compete. You're saying they're going to assume we're going to be fine and they'll offer him a new contract before you find out. The two-year deal has actually, been offered. I'm very confident on that from no. what I've been told. And I just think, think if results go well in the next couple of weeks, it, it could be signed. Oh God. <laughs> 
So I, I, you- I've heard that there there is a the, the deal is there for him if he wants it. I'd be very surprised if it was signed soon, but. You never know. Because he has indicated, doesn't he, that he wouldn't sign... He's kind of said in interviews that he will. He wants to leave it till close to the end of the season, hasn't he? I, mean, I definitely get that impression, you think. I think he's given mixed messages on it. And I think he hasn't been sure, but I, I think it, we, we are soon to be sure. He is, he's shown again he's got a team capable of competing, and he's that a, must inspire him in some way. Yeah, but, you know, we're competing and... Uh, capable of competing and actually competing are two different things. Yeah, I mean, we're no different, really, from where we were this time a year ago. But it comes right. back to our support. If he's decided... So the only, you know, clearly an England job might be a potential avenue come the end of a season. No, but no. if he has decided no. he doesn't want that, like we're told, yeah. then if he wants to stay in football, where is he? He's not. Why would he leave? Exactly. So I think he stays. So I don't know if there's a betting market. Do you out think there, uh, on, on the leaving point though? Is, wouldn't it like the fact that he was prepared to leave at the end of that? If we hadn't won that, that's cup. because the criticism really right, got to him. Right, it was really grinding him, him down. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it grind him down again if he went through that whole thing all over again for like the seventh, eighth, ninth <laughs> year in a row? Yeah, if, if that happened. But do, do people at this point in the season think that's going to happen? I, I really believe they don't. I really believe that if they fail this season, they'll fail gloriously, as opposed to last season where they failed abysmally. Mm. So you're confident that we will compete in terms of, you know, I, I there or thereabouts? Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, the, my only worry is, as I said, I, the lack of leadership, the lack of mental yeah. strength, whatever he says. And I think the other coaches and the other teams, particularly Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester City, have it. And they have it in mm. spades. But that could be the crucial thing, couldn't it? That, it that, yeah, it's, it's also interesting to say that if we fail gloriously, that would be enough because we, we did finish second last season, which is easy to forget. You know, it, Obviously, we didn't get close to winning we, the league by the end. Forgive me interrupting. We finished, Charlie, we, we finished second because Tottenham finished third in a two-horse race. Yeah. And th- that's what they did. They imploded. Absolutely. But what I mean is I, I think fans, I'm not sure they would be satisfied by just coming close to winning the league. You Maybe some would. I think I think, I, I yeah. think a more. I, I've always said that I, I just want us to compete properly. Exactly. We haven't done for exactly. a long time. Yeah. That's I, the I, point. I would be. Oh. I mean, and I've you know, and ten, I, ten years going out in the last sixteen is yeah, this going right. to be ten years? Right, exactly. There's that as well. I mean, Tomorrow night could go somewhere. Yeah, I keep to forgetting. I, I'm, I'm about to talk about to ask everyone about the the North London. Well, I've got a flight in about ten hours. So uh, where are you going? Bulgaria. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. Good, that's yeah. good. I'm glad someone's going. Yes, to that game. We need to talk about that before we talk about Ludogorets and um, the Spurs game. And one question I wanted to ask you, actually, I'm sure I've asked you before. But I need to ask it again because it came up again recently in, the ho- in that whole celebration of Wenger's 20 years. And in fact, it came up in an interview that Thierry Omri did with him on right. Sky. I don't know if you saw it. And he said, this has now become a thing that he says a lot, that he could not have spent more money pretty much than he did in the, in the stadium years, in the, in the redeveloping of the, of the creation of the Emirates and all of that. Because it was affecting Arsenal's budget, but I'm I was I'm told constantly by people in the know that in fact that was totally his choice, it was. and that actually the Arsenal that there was a totally separate deal to build the stadium and all the financing right. of that, and we're still paying off that debt. Yes. This whole myth that that debt's paid off it, it was not going to be paid off for years because it's a hugely long period of time. Yeah, but we could but separately there was he could have spent more money on players and didn't need to be so tough on himself, on the spending thing. And another manager, I don't know, like say if Pep or, I don't know, loads of other managers had been charged with us would have asked for more money to spend on players. Well, one can refute that in several ways, but I'll choose two. Good. Firstly, um, 
Danny Fisman, the late lamented Danny Fisman, said yeah. to him more or less jokingly over, over a dinner, asked him, what would you do if I gave you 100 million? It's during the period you're talking about. Yeah. And Arsenal said, I give it to you straight back. And secondly, Arsenal last made a loss in 2002. It's a nonsense. We hear all this. They didn't have the money when the stadium was first built. They had the money. He yeah. chose not to. Yeah. It, was, it really annoys me that myth because it's like why is it I just feel well, he can't he's, he's got to stop saying it because it's just it's, I mean I don't like the fact that he's basically lying to us he knows that he, he cocked it up I think he knows that well he chose to go for young players and potential yeah, right. because right. he knew that would please the board right that they would qualify perhaps for the Champions League that was the be all and end all he himself he said the first trophy is finishing fourth mm. it's a nonsense right. and I don't Arsenal think... should never be in that no. league Arsenal should always be going to win the Premier League and the Champions League and it upsets me when people trot out this thing that they didn't have the money because they had no. the money he just chose not to but spend do you think it. I'm being unfair Charlie on that? <laughs> well it's difficult to say but all I would say is that in, um, in let's say 2000 people forget that Wenger did used to spend quite a lot of money with yeah. Arsenal. You know, like that yeah. 2000, the 2001 and 97, so the summers before we won those titles, yeah. he did spend quite a lot. Um, clearly, he was very preoccupied with, with the stadium. Whether he should have been or not, obviously, that's, that's up for debate. It's a fair point, but the, but the main point is that profit was prioritised before prizes. And in order to make profit, they did two things. They sold property and they sold players. And that's the only way they made a profit. They were never a net transfer spender until the last three years. So mm. up to the last three years, until they bought Ozil, they had a... Sorry, I, I meant a deficit in terms of transfer yep. spending. Mm. They, were, they were net income earners from transfers. They sold players in order to make profits. Yeah. We're coming towards the end. So a lot of that, presumably a lot of the financial situation is discussed in, in, the, in, the, in the new... Yes, absolutely. And also the, the point about um, Arsenal as a business. You know, to have a successful business, you first of all got to have a successful team. And the optimum business, of course, is if you win trophies. And that's why I can't understand Cronky saying, well, if you want to win titles, you wouldn't get into this business anyway. It's exactly the opposite. Have a successful team, you yeah. have a successful business. Oh, and I've just passed on one other thing. I once had a big argument with Arsene when he told me he was going to make Arsenal bigger than Manchester United. And I had to explain that was impossible because he didn't understand the brand that people hate people like me talking about. But a brand is something that gives you emotional and rational values. And Arsenal's a special brand, mm. but it ain't Manchester United. When did he say that? Oh, this was, it must have been at least five or six years ago okay. and but that's what it, and we had an argument yeah. over that and i just told him he couldn't because but he didn't understand manchester's yeah. history because he just said the whole thing about we well, you know we're going he's going to make us one of the european super yeah we were going to challenge by munich we have, we have become a much bigger club yeah, but we're not and, and the reason we're, we're not, not arguing we're not manchester competing. united we operate on a very Josh, different Josh, level commercial in 2010 we were the biggest club in the world in terms of income from football business and property. Yeah, but those and deals can be slightly warped. That. It's no, like no, no. Chelsea have just signed a massive 15-year deal and now Real Madrid, so it's just the deals have got bigger and bigger. No, so no. about the timing, but, it can be varied. the income from property and the Arsenal football business, we were the biggest club in the world along with Real Madrid. And Deloitte always exclude the property business. So you're not looking at the true thing. Do you think Cronkie excludes the property profits? 
but, but hang on, in, t- in terms of supporter awareness and debate, and th- that's what surely the brand of Manchester United has been because of what they did in the, in the no, 1990s. It no, can't just be, you know, oh, money Manchester in the brand. United goes back to the, the triumph and the tragedy, the yeah. buzzword. But Arsenal equally, you know, have, have this reputation from Chapman and then the Graham years, different types of player, and now the Wenger years. So they are a very strong brand, but they are underperforming as a brand, I would argue, whilst Manchester United are having fallow years, and because of their strength in terms of history and tradition, they can afford that. Manchester United's turnover this year is still £200 more than than Arsenal's. But But I don't think Manchester United, as I look at them now... Uh, are particularly aspirational they they are a club obsessed with being big big names you know you look at the rhetoric when they signed Pogba for 90 million it wasn't Pogba's a great midfielder who will improve us in this way on the pitch it was he's a massive name it shows United are a huge club and and that's what they seem obsessed with oh. at the moment likewise uh, appointing Mourinho he's okay. a huge name globally. but if Wenger took that approach then Arsenal would benefit because of his wisdom so at the moment we're, we're United are are spending because they believe that they can spend, they can afford to spend. It's just another commercial deal down the line. Arsenal never have that way of thinking. And if they had that way of thinking with Wenger, who is still a genius of a manager, we'd win trophies. I agree with Alex. Um, more importantly, let's move on to uh, predictions for Ludigret. So you're going to... Uh, yeah, I'm going a, out to a... Sofia. Having originally booked the wrong airport, you might remember we discussed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are going to feel where they the right airport. well because they play there. It's a bit like I guess Tottenham playing at Wembley. They, you know, the right. Greats play at their national stadium. It's just a five-hour drive drive away <laughs> rather than Tottenham to Wembley. But it's a similar idea. Uh, I just saw a bit of team news. I don't know if oh, you yeah. saw this because I think Wenger must have done his uh, press conference about half an hour ago, and he said that um, Nacho, Monreal, Hetzelberin, Kazula, and Walker all haven't travelled, which means that uh, presumably Gibbs and Cole. Jenkinson will both be uh, and the Ops. nice for Carl. And the he was very sweet to see his interviews after yes. coming back in Southampton. Yeah, yeah I mean, we met him again. He's like such a fan. Isn't he he? Was, you met him at the dinner. We met him at the dinner. We sat. He sat on our table at the uh, charity dinner um, at the end of the season. He was he was incredible. I mean, he's such an Arsenal Arsenal man, and he's love. He was yeah. He's really sweet and funny. Yeah, we'll be nice because he'll get yeah, a game tomorrow. But yeah, we're going out. Uh, like, I think we sold out incredibly. We're taking out two and a, two and a half thousand fans out there tomorrow. Well, I hope it's not a, like a damp squib. Josh, after I think it won't be. I mean, if we we, we really thumped them, didn't we, at yeah. home, 6 yeah. nil. So even with a couple of players missing. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'd say 3-1. 3-1. Because they did look like they should have scored in that first half. They were quite lively. Yeah, first half they the were end? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they've got a goal yeah. in them, but I'll go 3-1. Charlie? I think it'll be tight. I think we'll win by one goal. Um, I'll go 1-0. 1-0, nil. Nil, I like it. Alex, this is I won't our, give you a score, but... I'll you have to. It's one of the rules of the, of the podcast. It? We have to predict, Alex. Okay. Yeah. Um, 8-1 to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good prediction. We, I, I don't like think it. we've had an 8-1 under Wenger, no. so I like you. You want him to we make new territory. 8-2. Not, we didn't win. 8-2. <laughs> the wrong way. The wrong way. Something um, that's win under him. Yeah. 7-0. Seven, seven seven it's yeah. Everton. We, we've had a few. We had 7-0 in the end, Europe, yeah. I was going to say, because we beat them 7-0 and then drew the return 0-0. Quite similar to how we beat Ludogrette 6-0. I think that's why I think it could be. Which is one of the reasons that we didn't win in the um, group isn't it well, it's big, isn't often it? I'm not it, winning yes, the group yes uh, severe I think yeah. us that it's, it could come down to the goal difference between us and Paris Saint-Germain so a nice yeah. thumping win would, would go well I think it's going to be 3-1 to oh, us you agree with more me. Imp- yeah is that what you said hmm. oh. I, was, I usually have to go for a different prediction so I forgot what you predicted <laughs> we haven't really talked about the North down. London derby we've got to talk about the North London derby Alex oh yes right Tottenham gave me my start in, in football yeah. Um, yeah and I have to say that I, I'm a bit of a fraud so I, I really like the clubs who treated me well. Unfortunately, 
when I started off, both Arsenal and Tottenham treated me well. So, um, whenever anybody asks for a prediction, I always say 4 4, because that's what I would like. <laughs> it did happen once, didn't it, David Bentley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there was 5 4 as well. Yeah, and there were a few 4 yeah. as well, back way back in the day as well. Do you still feel the rivalry is as big as it was, boys? Um, no, I think that it's bigger. It's bigger. For, I always, I feel now these days it's bigger for them. It's what twenty one years since since they since finished above, above us. It was ninety four, yeah. ninety five. So yeah. I just feel they're so resentful of that, and and that dominates their entire psyche. And last year being extraordinary. Uh, whereas we're kind of above it, aren't we? Oh. Generally, I mean, I don't want to sound like a. Like well, well, you say we're above twat. it. Well, you say <laughs> yeah. we're above it, but then the way that fans I mean, celebrated us finishing above them at the end of last season. But it, cause, uh, but the whole. But it meant a lot more to as them. As Alex said, course. they finished third in the two-horse race it was astonishing it was dramatic crazy, yeah. joyous collapse but I just feel if they couldn't even finish above us then oh, oh but go on. I was about to say yeah. uh, unashamed plug yeah um, if you read a section in oh. the new chapters you'll find out how Tottenham possibly could have had arson before Arsenal oh, yeah. oh, I knew arson when wow. well I knew him from 85 David Dean didn't meet him till 89 and I can tell you that there was a possibility that he could have been the Tottenham manager <laughs> The only problem was that Irving Scholar, the then chairman, was obsessed with getting Terry Venables, which was absolutely the wrong thing, both <laughs> for his his life in football and for Tottenham. God, I find things can be very different. Um, so, yeah, so you, what have you actually we've predicted? Spurs? I mean, I'm, by the way, what I was going to say was I'm still going to be really tense, obviously. And, and, and like, what time is it? 12, like 12, 12, 12 very noon. early, 12 yeah, noon kickoff. Is that so that no one drinks? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm playing football before, so it's going to be a real rush. Jeez. It's quite inconvenient. Are you covering the game professionally? I'm not, no, I'll be there as a fan. You'll be there, Boyd? Of course. Yeah. Because yeah, you're I'll potentially going to be away out. for this podcast, which you say, but you yeah, heroically made it. I'm um, heroically here. I was going to be in New York, but I didn't go to New York in the end. Anyway, um, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to you first. Do you think, are you going for a four-all four officially? Absolutely. Excellent. Charlie? If Cazorla plays, will win. Oh, is, Cazorla, is he is he coming back to fitness? Is he? Well, he could be. I mean, the last time an Arsenal player passed the fitness test must have been about a decade ago. But, <laughs> yeah, um, good point. Yeah. Uh, if if he plays, then we'll win by our goal. If he doesn't, one all. One all. Yeah, Josh. Well, certainly uh, Bellerin should be back by the weekend. From from the comments, I'm just looking over from what Arsenal has said. I think Theo be back. Um, it, it looks like they could. All, they're all possibilities. I don't okay. think any of them look too serious. And Bellerin, Bellerin, I didn't actually know anything about, but he had apparently a kick in training at the end of training. I think so from what it sounds like, Bellerin's like. a little bit of a rest. I don't think. I think he'd be playing if it was a, a, a more important right, game, right, essentially. Right. And also, Jenkinson would just get really excited to get the game, <laughs> won't he? Yeah. Might as well let him. Yeah. Um, what do I think? I think it might be one-one. One one. I'm going to defensively. Go. They've been great this season. So they have, I don't they? think yeah. we're going to. I mean, you hope we'll have a first half like we had against, mm. you know, Chelsea or Man United last season. One of those incredible blistering 45 minutes. But I'm not quite sure we've got it against Spurs. I'm going to go for one nil. One nil to us. Yeah, to the yeah. Arsenal. Just the oldest hopeful. Let's remind everyone. So Arsenal, the making of a modern super club by Alex Finn and Kevin Wisher is out now, fully updated. Yeah. And uh, www.visionsp.co.uk. And if you enter the code AW, you get it for six pounds. Yeah. Thanks. And Thanks. we're going to get one signed oh, yeah. out and we'll do a competition What's on Twitter. Con- no, oh, right. You'll set the question on Twitter, because obviously you can't think of one now. Yes. Well, so what was the first word on page 209? <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's, we won't do that. We'll one. think of something. We'll put it on the, we'll put it on the Twitter. So make yeah. sure you have a look. Um, what, do, what should the question be? You think of one now then? I can think of one. Oh, go on. Alex. Yeah, you should, absolutely. You should do the question. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so which club did Arsene Wenger manage before Monaco? 
But I want it to be a question okay. that you can't just look up on the internet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. got to be a bit yeah. harder. Yeah, it's got to okay. be a random question no one can look up. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. We'll come, but yeah. Clearly not able okay. to do it right now. No. Well, what does Wenger do on the veranda at home? Oh. When he- <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is great. I love this. This is great. He just shoots hoops. Oh, because well, you given us the answer. Question. I know that would have no, been a good question. I didn't want though. you to use it. Yeah, oh, sorry okay. about that. No, that right, that's good. Oh, he's got so he's got a basketball hoop. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't know. I, I have to say, I don't know about the new house. You certainly have one uh, of the old Fingers one. old old hoop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, on the stoop. I'm just thinking of titles for the podcast. We've got the new title. We've got the new title. But he wasn't as good as his wife, who actually <laughs> repre- <laughs> represented on. France in basketball. This is gold really? now. Wait a minute. I wow. think his wife represented France oh. in basketball. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. And she was also. I mean, she exemplifies French chic. She's Which, like Catherine Deneuve. Wow. She's wonderful. So why on earth yeah. anything happened? I really yeah, don't know. Sad. Was she obsessed with basketball as he was football? No, no, she was obsessed with him. Yeah. She did it. I mean, she, you know, if you can imagine Catherine Deneuve putting her side, her acting career, and, and existing just for you, that's what she did. Blimey. Wow. That's what a, oh, a fascinating note to end on. Thanks, Charlie. Pleasure. Thanks Read Charlie me. in the Telegraph. And thanks, Josh. A pleasure. Good we'll luck in Ludigarettes. Monday, post Ludigarettes, and post, I uh, suppose, hopefully two wins. Hopefully. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network.